the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sitting me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another bonus episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Courtney and Hillary. Hey, and Kanani is hosting. She just forgot to introduce herself again. I don't need, I need no introduction. Unless it's a new person. New person doesn't know who you are, no matter what you think. They'll figure it out. It's fine. (laughs) I don't even know. I feel like my week has been insane and weird. And I, I feel like I'm getting used to my new, strange, surreal, normal while at the same time looking forward to things becoming slightly more like my old normal. How are you girls doing? My, my week has been like pretty much screaming goat absolutely describes perfectly my week so far. Uh, I'm literally, I am so exhausted, like mentally exhausted that when I was trying to log on to our recording site to record this today, I, uh, entered the login information into zoom three times before realizing what the heck I was doing. (laughs) And we don't use zoom to record. That's what's going on. So I was like, Oh, I was like, what is the deal? And I was about to message you and be like, this login information is not correct. And then I was like, oh my God, Hillary, stop. <laughs> you would think things happen. I usually just blame Courtney. I mean, that's fair. It was Courtney's fault for sure. You know what? I remember when, when uh, Kanani came to visit me in Connecticut and we were going to take a bus to New York City and the bus was four hours late. At one point she turned to me and she said, if this bus isn't here in 15 minutes, I'm going to punch you in the nose. And I said, that will do exactly what? And she's like, I don't know. It's just going to happen. So <laughs> that hundred percent sounds like something I would do and say, I don't, I don't remember that moment, but I believe you. You were so mad. And then when we got on the bus, we ended up sitting right like in the back next to the bathroom. Oh, and the bathroom it smelled had- like pee the whole time. It, smelled like, it didn't just smell like pee. And then there was this other woman who was trying to help. And she got up and she started spraying Lysol up and down the, um, or like air fresher something up and down the aisle of the Greyhound. So it's like, great. Not only do we smell pee and poop, we also smell really cheap, like dollar store air freshener. All yeah, the way to eyes are burning from the Lysol. Yeah. And you're, you're, it was like a four hour drive that turned out to be about six hours. I was, oh, so Kanani got, got, got a vision of what it's like to travel interstate in the tri-state area. Um, <laughs> It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And then your mom called and was like, well, you girls must be having so much fun. I mean, if, if I could be on a bus to New York City, we're like, yeah, it's great. We're, we're like, oh, yeah. yeah. We're having a dream. I once Rather took a bus from New York to Chicago. Uh, no, you did it. That's, that's ridiculous. It's so far. Well, it was a really dumb thing. So, like, I flew into New York 
and I was flying with a cold, which I will never do again, or not without taking copious amounts of Sudafed. And so uh, I landed and my eardrum ruptured. Oh. And so I couldn't get on a plane. Uh, so I was like in New York and then I was my friend, one of my really close friends, Lindsay was meeting me in New York and she lived in Chicago. So I was like, well, might as well go take a bus to Chicago. And it went through Cincinnati and it, we missed our connection. So, uh, the 19 hour trip really took like 26 hours or something like that. Cause we were stuck in Cincinnati for like seven hours in the middle of the night. It was terrible. Oh, Kanani, though, this was the bus trip where we made our most famous crank call of I all time. I was going to say, that was, that was the one good thing. It's so funny. That memory like of that crank call that I made was so good that I had forgotten. I hadn't forgotten about the pee smell, but I had forgotten about the, the Lysol, the Lysol chick until you mentioned that. But, oh, that prank was epic. Dish it. Okay, so it was for one of our mutual friends, Hillary, from high school. Uh, a redhead, I won't say this person's name, but a redhead, you know who I'm talking about. A redhead? A redheaded guy we went to high school with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we called him, and I was like, <laughs> this is so mean, looking back on it, but it's really funny. I called him, and we're just going to call him Bob. I was like, hey, Bob, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm just without some friends. And I said, Bob, I'm on a bus to New York. And there's a girl here who says she knows you and that she went to college with you. And Bob, she has a redheaded baby. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you guys are the worst. Oh no, you're so bad. And he was like, wait, could it have, was it? No, it couldn't have been. Oh God. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, Bob, Bob, she's waking up. She's going to want to talk to you. And he's like, uh, oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kanani takes the phone and she's like, hello, do you know who this is? And Bob's like, no, no. And then I start cackling and she starts cackling. And then he's like, oh my God, you guys are so bad. And he said all kinds of other things. I can't say in front of Kanani's daughter, but he was so. <laughs> it was so good. It was so, the sheer terror in his voice when I picked up the phone was epic it was so good (laughs) i have had some has some decent prank calls but that was by far like that was the best that was (laughs) by far the best i pulled one on kanani and she's still mad at me for this one um on the way to your wedding this was like a long time ago when we first got cell phones so we, we didn't always assume that somebody was calling from a cell phone so i was supposed to drive one of the bridesmaids up from Portland to Seattle. Cause that's where Kanani was living at the time. And um, I had another friend with us who she hadn't seen in ages. We'll call this guy, John. And as we're driving up there, I'm like, we're going to play a prank on Kanani. Okay. So um, I had my phone and I was just like, call Kanani. So Kanani, so John calls Kanani and is like, Hey, what's going on? And then our friend Jane in the back seat calls Kanani as well. And Kanani's like, Oh, hold on. Wait a second. Jane's calling. Jane's calling on my other line. And she's like, Jane, what's going on? And Jane was like, Courtney left me at the gas station. (laughs) And Kanani was like, was like, oh my God, hold on. She's on the other line. And she clicks back over and she's yelling at me. She's like, she's like, Courtney, you left Jane at the gas station. Turn around and go get her right now. 
dying and all of a sudden she's like don't ruin this for me guys and she hung up the phone i was so distracted with all the like pre-wedding nonsense that like you know you're not in your right mind so usually i can smell her crap from a mile away but i was just like i i'm just like my brain was not there and so i'm just like what what's happening and then as i'm saying it out loud I like start piecing it together and I'm like, wait a minute. And then Courtney starts laughing and I'm like, I hate you. I hate you so bad. And so this didn't even work when Janet and Gavin were out here last summer. I picked them up at the airport and I said, okay, guys, here's what we have to do. We're going to call Kanani from the car and I'm going to tell her that you guys are stuck in customs in San Francisco, that Trump has closed the borders to the country because you never know when he's going to close the borders to someone. So, and they're like, oh, this is a lovely idea. All right. Yes, let's do it. So we get in the car and I pick up the phone and I'm like, Kanani? And she's like, yeah, what's up? And I said, uh, have you seen the news? And she's like, no. I said, um, Trump has closed the borders and Janie and Gavin are stuck in customs in San Francisco. She goes, you're lying. You're just, just, you're just a terrible liar. And Janet and Gavin started laughing. Like she didn't even flinch. No, I, was I so can terrible. always, I can always tell. And, but that one time, Not always, I was so, you before. <laughs> a, a couple of times, but most of the time I can tell. But that one time I was so distracted by other things. I was just like, I was so in a panic. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I, mean, I hate to acknowledge that you totally got me that time, but you totally got me that time. So no, then we actually got you a second time because we pulled up outside of your house and said we were lost. And you were like, "What?" And you marched outside looking for this. You're like, "Oh my god!" And you like went back in and slammed the door. And it was well, like, I can't oh. believe you'd get lost. I mean, that's that's not that unbelievable. <laughs> but you fell for it within like two hours of another prank. That's what that's was true. funny. <laughs> that's true. But it is also not really fair to play pranks on a bride the night before her wedding. No, um, that's also the best time to do it. So. <laughs> You're just lucky I forgive you these things. Well, I actually had a prank that I planned for to be on the podcast tonight, but I'm just going to shuffle that one and save it. So some future podcast will play it because I had a really rough day. I actually called Kanani and said, I just want you to know I had a prank planned for you tonight and I had a terrible day, so I'm not doing it. And she's like, okay, like didn't even flinch. Like, what were you going to do? Barbara Bush, she just went, sure. Oh no, we'll save it for later. We'll save it. It'll happen at some point. But no, I needed this laughter because I had a really... It's been a, it's, I, I haven't talked about this yet, but I actually have lost two people in the past 10 days. Um, I didn't mention the first one when we last recorded, cause I think I was just kind of keeping it at an arm's length. And then I lost somebody again today. And, um, the woman I lost today, I want to raise her name up because she was such an important witch in the uh, Connecticut, uh, Wiccan and pagan community. Her name was Corey. Um, she went by red kitty a lot of the time. And, um, was just a major fixture in the, in the Connecticut pagan community and was part of the uh, first festival that Kanani and I went to and Kanani flew out to attend something with me when I was living out in the, um, in Connecticut. And um, she passed away today, uh, very young. She was 47 and um, that's hit me really hard. And so um, really glad Soleil is our guest tonight because she's the smartest person in the world. And I'm figuring she'll have some wisdom to help me navigate this because it's, um, it's been tough. Like I was even supposed to read tarot for someone this afternoon and I totally forgot about it. And I'm usually super prompt and go with my calendar. And I just said to my client, I'm really sorry. I blew off our meeting. I've been wrapped up with this. Um, so it's, and I also got some news about a, a third friend who's had some uh, pretty serious health 
issues uh, going on that were had a, she had a really bad health scare and is, is doing better now, but that was like to get the news about those three women was, was heavy. And so, you know, and you can't be with anybody right now anyway, but it's, it's just making me um, really miss community right now. Um, I'm, I, you know, I've said before that the social distancing hasn't bothered me because I'm kind of a natural hermit, but right now I'm feeling the need like to want to be around people and, and connect. And it's not something we can do right now. So it's been hard. I'm so sorry. That's so sad to hear. I think processing losses even can be even harder when you're already feeling disconnected because that's the feeling you get with loss is a feeling of disconnection. And when you're already kind of in that permanent state of being, you know what I mean? I feel like that kind of exacerbates, you know, that sadness and loneliness in a certain way. Yeah. Something my mom has often said that the, the, the greatest gift a person gives when they pass away is the opportunity for people to come together and we're not, nobody's getting that right now for their deceased. And that's just, it's awful. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know that I could be there anyway, cause you know, we live in Oregon now and, and not in Connecticut, but um, it, it's the idea that even if I were closer, I wouldn't be able to go hug the people who are also grieving because of this, but I have taken the opportunity to reach out to other people that knew her. And we've talked about it. Um, I'll post her obituary on our page so y'all can read about her, but she was a really dynamic person. Um, she was a great mom and a really great friend and just a, a great organizer. She's one of those people you just really want to have running your pagan events. Cause she was just very good at details and very organized and would stay level-headed when things were intense. And she was a lot of fun too. She used to, she last time I saw her, she did this big henna design down my upper arm uh, when I was out. Yeah. When I was at East this summer, so she will be missed. So that's been hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I feel like I agree that right now is a hard time to experience loss because we can't connect physically with people. So I do think I agree with that. It makes it, it's a different, I mean, on, on one hand, you know, we're, I'm so grateful that we're uh, able, we're all able to connect digitally in the way that we are. And I know for sure that we've said this before on here that like, we are so lucky to have the level of technology we do right now so that we can connect with people. But it's, you know, it's, even though it's nice and it helps, it's still not the same as in person. No, I agree a hundred percent. It's yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing is the same as, as, you know, being physically together and, you know, it, while it can help, I agree. It's, you know, it's not the same and it can be, that can definitely be one of the harder, you know, harder aspects of everything we're going through right now. One of, um, we oftentimes get, we, we've more and more, we get listener feedback and questions and things like that, which has been very cool and very exciting. Honestly, we get people who will Instagram message or Facebook message or email message us things that are happening to them, positive things. We had someone send us a fun message about a sign that they'd received and just people telling us, you know, how they enjoy listening to our podcast, which I find hilarious because I think it's a lot of jibber jabber. And, but it's just so heartwarming to, you know, read these things and get this feedback from people and kind of find out more about who's listening. And, you know, I told Courtney, I'm like, every once in a while, it almost makes me feel something, which is pretty spectacular for me to almost have a feels. And... <laughs> We, uh, we had a listener question and I'm going to read it really quick. And it said, 
Hey ladies, I love your podcast. I have a seven-year-old that I have begun teaching about her ancestry and witchcraft. We are descendants of Elizabeth Morse, who, for those that don't know, uh, she was also a part of the Salem Witch Trials. So she's uh, like your distant cousin. Right. So we're like, yeah, we're like, you know, 20th cousins, 100th <laughs> time removed. She said, I want and am hoping that her having something to believe in will help her get through some difficult things in her life going on right now. I'm listening to your episode 17 with Naja, and Kanani is discussing her kids' altars. It got me thinking an episode that was totally geared towards how to expose your children and teach your children about magic would be a really awesome episode topic. If you haven't already done it yet, I'm already on epi- I'm only on episode 17. If not, if Kanani has any ideas or recommendations, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much. All you guys do. Blessed be. So this is, this is a, a question and a topic that gets brought up frequently Um, We've had these kinds of questions asked a lot in kind of different ways, but it's all kind of the same question. What do you do with your kids? How, how do you involve your kids in witchcraft? Things like that. I have, I have mixed feelings about how to answer something like this because, you know, there's the part where she says, you know, how do you teach your children uh, about magic, things like that. Um, I, I am a firm believer that magic and witchcraft is a incredibly personal experience. And I'm very not into the idea of necessarily indoctrinating someone into something. And so she did also say, which I think is the, the way that I would phrase it, exposing. And so for me, it's not so much that I have tried to teach my children witchcraft per se, as much as I have worked to have it be in their life and have them exposed to things. They're exposed to rituals. They're exposed to other pagans. They're exposed to other witches. They're, um, with me, if I celebrate, you know, the equinox or the solstice or, or Beltane or, uh, Samhain, things like that. So I kind of just more have them participate if they want with me. And so for me, it's, it's much more about exposing them to the life than teaching it to them or trying to get them to do it. As funny as it sounds, um, I'm not super invested in whether or not they choose to become witches or pagans. I feel like that's a really healthy uh, standpoint to to take because I think, you know, I think of, you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in, you know, we went to church, uh, but we didn't, you know, we weren't like super, I didn't grow up in a super religious family. And I was grateful that my family showed me what their belief system is without being like, you believe this or else. Yeah. Well, and for me also, it's like, if it's true for them, then it's going to be true for them in a way maybe that's different than how it is for me. And so for me, it's like, I I feel like I can't really, I can't really dictate or guide that. I can only kind of like have everything be open. 
So it's been kind of neat for me as a, as a parent who is also trying to find my way to navigate this with my own children. I always get excited when we hear our guests uh, kind of, when did you know you were a, a witch or a magical person? I always get excited when I hear their stories. And, and a lot of them involve them figuring it out as a child and then kind of finding their own way. And then some of them are lucky enough that as they're a child, they know someone who practices. So they're able to get that extra exposure and kind of that support where they're just kind of being told, hey, it's okay that you're looking into this. And so it kind of makes me feel good that a lot of these people that I consider, you know, um, really great um, witches and awesome people and people doing really good things that they weren't necessarily like given this very regimented upbringing to allow them to become this, that they were just either they found it on their own or they were just kind of put in a nurtured environment where they were allowed to find it. I have a question for you. So it, you know, in the sense that you are giving them this exposure If, you know, do you feel that there's a good approach once a child takes interest? So let's say, you know, you're giving, you're showing them that this is accessible to them, right? And then they say, hey, I want to learn more. Is there, I mean, obviously teaching a younger person uh, or how you would approach in teaching them certain things is going to be different than you would an adult. So is there an approach you take or is there a way that you have felt that once interest was sparked? So once you knew that that was a pathway that they were interested in, is there an approach you took that you think was beneficial in getting them the tools or the knowledge that you have to them in a, in a digestible way? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the kind of exactly how I do it in that I just kind of wait till they find something they like. And then my way, and then at that point, what I kind of feel like I can do is then I will look up um, kid-friendly spells or kid-friendly tools and uh, things that they can do that incorporate that or even books. You know, my daughter's getting a little bit older and so she's, she's nine and a half. And so I can actually give her certain levels of books now, the intro stuff that she can kind of read through and start to process on her own. Um, but that's kind of what I've done is once something kind of captures their, captures their fancy, I'll, I'll, that's when I'll kind of start finding things and let them play with it. Like, for example, they're much too young for fire, right? But they love my candles. So they have a lot of the LED automated battery operated tea lights and things. Nice. So they can have lights and they can have candles on their altars, but they're completely safe. They're, yeah. they're just a little battery operated. So, um, is there a, you know, are there any books or resources that you have found particularly helpful? So I do have some books. One of them is it's called growing up pagan, a workbook for Wiccan families. So it's very Wiccan central. Like there's, uh, it has the Wiccan read in there, things like that. So it's not just pagan central, um, but it's got like little word searches and activities and colorings. It kind of um, is a very simple introductory guide to some of the symbolism. 
things like that. It's just kind of a fun little workbook. It's, it's not necessarily like a, a teaching workbook. I have a book that I really loved that I've read so many times that actually is like the pages are all messed up. And I don't know that you can find it anymore. I've had it for so long and I had a friend got it and they had a book uh, store actually had to special order it for them, but it's called Pagan Parenting and it was written by Kristen Madden. And it actually has some good, um, it actually has a lot of really good information. It even talks about like through pregnancy, things you might experience. It talks about how some people, you know, feel a spiritual connection and feel their magic kind of grow during pregnancy. Whereas other people, myself included, you feel completely disconnected from any type of magical sensing or any of that. You just kind of psychically shut down. Um, but that was a really good one. It, it has games and activities you can do to kind of develop uh, that kind of psychic and magical abilities in your child just through normal fun gameplay. Um, and then there's another one that I really liked, and it was called Raising Witches, Teaching the Wiccan Faith to Children. And that was written by Ashleen Ogaya. And it just has a lot of other different information. It's kind of more of a it's kind of, it's a little bit more on the indoctrinating side as far as kind of specifics. So it is very, it's also very uh, Wicca central. So it is kind of very into that uh, organized religion, witchcraft piece. So I just kind of took pieces of it that I really enjoyed um, and, and have kind of read that. And then I just kind of give them, you know, books and whatnot that, that they enjoy you know, for example, my husband does not practice. He's, he's more on the probably agnostic end of the spectrum, somewhere agnostic to atheist. And, um, so my son likes to say, you know, he believes what daddy believes. And so he likes to say that he, he doesn't do any of the stuff that mommy does, but he will make comments and he will say things that kind of make me laugh because it's like, okay, well clearly he's listening to what mommy says. And he made a comment about how um, we have a lot more spiritual activity. I don't, it was so random that he said this, but he was like, you know, mom, I think we have a lot more spiritual activity because of the fact that you practice witchcraft. And he just just said it and it didn't really make sense to anything that was going on in the conversation. And so I just kind of giggled because he's right, you know, and and somehow he just kind of knew that. And so I just kind of laugh and, and so I don't get upset. Like if they say they like something or they don't like something, because like I said, I'm not, while I would like them to do it with me, I'm not super invested in whether or not they choose this to be their path. And so, um, I just kind of let it, you know, I just want them to, to be able to believe what they believe and, and find what other, whatever is true for them. There's another book that, um, and it's called Family Coven, Birthing Hereditary Witchcraft, and it's by Lydia Nettles Crabtree. And uh, you can still get it on Amazon, and uh, I think I see it on Barnes & Noble as well. Or definitely ask your local bookstore to order it for you. Another really great resource on building a family, uh, like a tradition for your family that's inclusive of children. Oh yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, tons of books that I don't even know about that are phenomenal. I've seen lots of, 
um, you know, sacred circle books and, um, you know, there's lots of books around the holidays and things like that that are very kind of kid centered. And, um, there's just, there's, there's a lot in it. And what's funny is I was looking for these back in early two thousands. You almost couldn't find them. It was when I found pagan parenting, I was so excited because stuff like this just was not around. And so I do get excited that now when I look, there's lots of choices. There is a lot more that exists now than ever was. So with that being said, uh, we kind of were talking about the whole concept of, you know, this being something that listeners ask us a lot and that they're very interested in. And so we kind of thought that it would be fun to have our guest for this podcast be my daughter, Soleil. Hi. And we asked, uh, we put out a shout out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and asked our listeners, hey, if we have a little witchlet on our podcast, what are some questions that perhaps you would like her to answer? So we sent in some good ones too. People sent in they first of all, and it was funny because before we had questions starting to roll in, I sat down and was trying to think of questions to ask her. And I couldn't think of any like, you know, besides our normal, I couldn't really I was having a really hard time trying to think what would people want to know. And then the questions started rolling in, and I'm like, holy crap, these are fantastic. So what I did was I actually wrote them down and I let her look them over. And so if people hear her answering some of the questions, some of it is because she wrote down for herself because they were fairly in-depth questions and they weren't something that I just wanted to kind of make her have to off the cuff come up with. So these are her answers. Um, but some of them, she kind of wanted some time to think about because they were some pretty heavy questions. She does have a bio. Long before she was born Soleil, she made herself known to both her mother Kanani and her auntie Coco with various messages and encounters. Born in Portland, Oregon, Soleil has grown up in an environment with spiritual activity that sometimes at times has scared her. She is interested in learning about meditation, magic, and the fair folk. At nine years old, she has had ghost and fairy encounters and is learning how to react when she has these sightings. She is currently a BPSA scout learning about nature and conservation. She is also interested in soccer, dance, crafts, and loves listening to music. Her favorite phrase is stay strong and be calm. Hashtag my mom won't let me on Insta. (laughs) (laughs) When your mom won't let you on Insta, does it feel like? Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So good. So we'll start with some of the, we had so many good questions. It was crazy. One of someone did start with essentially what is our normal question which was, when did you decide you or think that you were a witch? I went to Sunfest and sensed fairies in the forest. They were named Fern, Bumblebee, Cherry, and Acorn. 
I also have seen ghosts, and a lot of people don't see those things or believe in them. And so I think I'm a witch. That's a really good answer. So what is your favorite witchy thing to do? Probably going to Sunfest and visiting the fairies in the fairy circle because a few years ago we made fairy houses out of craft supplies. And I like going back and seeing them every summer. Hopefully the fairies still like the village we created for them. Back in, uh, I want to say it was six years ago when we first started having our Sunfest at Finnan, one of the first things that we did was uh, the, we call them scions, but the kids, the learning magical people, they uh, created a little fairy village in what we deem, what we kind of quarantined off as fairy circle. And so nothing else is allowed in there. And it has literally stayed that way all these years. It never gets moved. It never gets changed. So it still has the same little houses that they built six years ago. And they're there all year long year after year. And so they get all the kids get so excited when they go back the next year and see that it's all still there. What is something you do daily to keep in touch with your inner witch? I don't do anything daily, but I sometimes do the relaxation spell when I feel stressed or upset. I do meditation as well to stay grounded. I also snuggle my cat. You snuggle your cat. That's a great, that's a good way to deal with stress, huh? Right. Isn't that, that's, that's quite witchy. Like, let's be real. Can anyone be a witch? Yes. I agree. I agree. How do you, if ever, explain to your friends the difference between a real witch and a Hollywood witch? I don't really talk to my friends about witches. Sometimes I will tell my friends that ghosts are real And my friends say they're not, but I tell them they are, and they probably don't see them because they don't usually show themselves unless you can see them. And now they are there. What does it mean to be a witch? A witch is someone who sees things that other people can't see. She can imagine and hear things that other people can't. I would agree. Does Witchin make you a better version of yourself? And if so, how? It doesn't change who I am. It is just a part of who I am. Soleil, I have a question for you that's probably not on your list. So be ready. I want to know, I want to know would you still be a witch if your mom wasn't a witch? Ooh, good question. That's a good question. No, not really. Really? You don't would so do you think you only see the fairies cuz your mom helped you to understand that fairies were there? Mm, no. Do you think do you think that those are things that you saw so maybe that was in you but your mom helped you figure out what that meant? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense cuz I know that like sometimes I know as a kid it must be hard to I can imagine if you didn't have a mom that, that was a witch, if you saw those things and you didn't have someone to explain them, that would be kind of hard, huh? Mm-hmm. I agree. That's an interesting question. I think knowing her and knowing her person, I think it's something that she would have, I know it is something she would have been drawn to, but I think like a lot of us, I think something would have had to have 
you know, a lot of times something you have to kind of see it. You have to kind of, something has to be shown to you that you're like, that's what it is. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, for sure. I think she probably would have ended up like many of us where we were like older and going like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. I'm a witch. I guess. like, duh. Yep. This whole time, you know, so you're pretty lucky to have a mom, even though she's, she's your mom, even though she's a pain in the butt sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> your mom's crazy. She's winking at me right now in agreement. She's like, she's like putting in a really tough position, friends. I know. She's like, this is the lady that buys my clothes. Like, I can only go so far. She's like, if I say she's crazy, is she going to take my toys away? Exactly. (laughs) Did you bribe her before this, Kanani? If I had thought more clearly, I would have. (laughs) Clearly, I'm unprepared. Uh... Do you deal with bullying in school for being a witch or otherwise? And if so, how do you deal with it? I don't really tell my friends that I'm a witch, so we don't talk about it. I told someone once who told others, and they were teasing me, so I said I wasn't. When people are mean to me, I usually talk to an adult or try to talk to the person and solve the problem. That's very mature. I thought it was an interesting question because it talks about, do you get, do you get bullied in school for being a witch? And it kind of, the the question kind of surprised me because it's for myself. I don't necessarily, I'm not super out with being a witch So it's usually something that as people get to know me, they come upon. It's not something that necessarily they know right away. Once I get to know people, then it's something that, you know, I freely share and it's, you know, I'm, I'm open about it, but it's not something that it's like initial interaction, you know, that I think people know, but typically by the time people get to know me, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's not shocking by any means, but I thought that was interesting because it's not something for a kid, you know, I think it would be difficult if a kid was really trying to kind of be very out with it because it is so different for people. I agree. I mean, I think that, I think it's a really good question because I know people uh, who have children that practice religions that aren't you know, what you would like, I have a friend whose child is Buddhist and people at school were like, what the heck is that? You know, like they just, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, it's like when kids see something that's different, they're like, what, uh, what's that? You know? So I think like in general, I think that it's not, I think it's a really good question to bring up because I think it's something that, you know, kids might experience, you know, like, so you said that, you know, when you first, when you mentioned it to a few people, you know, they kind of were making fun of you. And it, and it, I think those things are, I think that happens because kids are, they don't, when they don't understand something, they're, they're like, they don't get it. So they, so they're like, what is that? You know, in the same way where if someone eats food that people don't know, or wears something that people don't understand, um, that, you know, it's like, ew, what is that? But really it just makes you cool and individual. I have to say, well, and I kind of, and I asked you, I said, what I said, you know, do you care if you know that, that they're okay with you being a witch? No, not really. 
Guess where she gets that from, by the way. <laughs> and why why do you care? Why do you care or not care? Because it's not that important. What they think? Yeah. What what matters to you about what I think and if I trust them and if um I've gained their trust. So you feel like if there's someone that you know and you really care about, then then you'll share it with them, but yeah. otherwise you just don't. I have to be able to trust them. Yeah. Know them well. I think that's fair. I think that's pretty much how I, I tend to handle it. Does it bother so you if your friends don't like it? Not really. I don't really tell them so. Yeah. I had another question for Soleil in that I know you probably heard me say that I had a pretty sad day today that I lost someone very special to me. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you have any advice on what to do and how I can get through this sad time. You could... Um, you could light a candle for them and you could talk to someone and walk it through and you can lay and relax and calm yourself down and you can do a relaxation spell like I like to do. What would you light a candle for? What would be the intent of the candle? For that person. But what for that person? What are you trying to give them by lighting a candle? Mm, You're trying to give them good energy and help them find their way. I think that's fair. Thank you, Soleil. I think that's that's solid advice. Yeah, that's solid advice. That's the type of advice. I mean, that's what I do. So I feel like that's, that's really good advice. And I think you mentioned an important part because you mentioned the candle for the other person, but you also mentioned laying down and trying to relax yourself. I did call out sick from work and took a three-hour nap this morning. That helped. Yeah, it's good. I think I think it's really good advice because I think sometimes when things happen, we forget, like we get caught up in the moment and and dealing with what's happening that we forget to take care of ourselves. Let's see another question. Do you have the fae in your garden or yard, and what types of offerings do they like? I haven't seen anything on our patio, on our patio, but we leave offerings of milk and honey, sometimes just milk, just in case they are out there. Yeah, we haven't seen anything out there, but we like to make it very, very fair folk friendly, don't we? Yeah, and bird friendly. And we bird see friendly. Birds and it's really relaxing. Ever since we've been stuck in the house, now being able to look at something pretty on the patio has been inc- become increasingly important. So we have a whole garden and bird houses out there now. Who is your witchy role model? Probably my mom because I like the way she uses magic with candles and incense. You like the smelly goods. Did she? How much candy did she give you before she asked you that question? That's what Aunt Coco, Aunt Coco wants know, to know. Like, how, how many pieces of candy did I give you to get you to write your mom? Was it three Cadbury cream eggs or four? <laughs> None. <laughs> None. <laughs> None. It was a Jolly Rancher. Come on, y'all. Right? She was. She was like, I'm going to give you three pieces of candy and a fourth one if you when they ask you you still say no <laughs> uh, I 
was going to do you or my mom. Me? Coco. Oh, that's me. Well, but thank you. You lost. <laughs> I lost. Boom. I'm glad to be second. I'm, I'm, I'm used to being second to your mom, so I'll just take it again. Well, I only, I only had to carry the child for nine months. Pretty sure it's the least she can do. She came to visit me long before you ever got pregnant. So there you go. So here's a story about Soleil coming to visit me. I was in Scotland and um, I was wandering around and Kanani had given me strict orders to buy her something on my vacation. And I had no money at the time, but I knew I could not come back to the States without a present. And um, <laughs> These are strict I, orders, I, by the way. They have always existed. Yes. So I'm in Glasgow and I'm walking down the street and then I just, I feel like this little girl is saying, you need to go into that store and you need to go to the very back and look on the wall. There is a present there you need to give my mom, but it's really for me. And this was um, like a kind of a mixed use store. It looked like sporting goods and gardening supplies. It was kind of like an all purpose, I don't want to say junk store, but you know, those kind of stores, especially we see them a lot in New York City, just a store where you could just buy pretty much anything. It's kind of like a mini Walmart. How about we say that? And, uh, but it didn't look like anything that would have something for a little girl, but I followed the spirit's energy anyway. And um, I just kept, they kept saying, nope, back wall, back wall. And I kept walking all the way to the back past all the different tools and the screw guns and whatever else was there. And I was like, what am I doing in here? But on the back wall, was a rack of children's clothing. And on the wall was a little bonnet with rosebuds around it. And it was a baby bonnet. And Kanani at the time was obsessed with roses. Now she's obsessed with lavender. But at the time, it was all about roses. Also roses. And I went, oh. <laughs> I went, okay, that's what this is for. And so I bought it. And when I came back to the States, I said to Kanani, so you're going to have a daughter one day and she wants to wear this. So here you go. And it was really sweet when Kanani knew she was pregnant and she got the test results that she was having a girl. She sent me a picture of the hat and it had been many years since then. And she kept it and she said, now she can finally wear it. Your, so that vision that you had, cause I remember that was seven years before she was born. And I knew, and at the time I was trying to get pregnant and I was not able to get pregnant. That was seven years before she was actually conceived. And, uh, I kept, I tried for years to get pregnant and I would see psychics and I would talk to people and everyone would said the same thing. They're like, you're going to have a girl, then you're going to have a boy. And I actually had a tell with her. And that was that at the time, my thought was that I was going to name her Mackenzie May. That was the name that I had decided at that time. And I was going to, her nickname was going to be my little M&M. And <laughs> so when I would talk to people and they would say, oh, yes, I see, you know, because I would go and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get pregnant. I don't know what's going on. And almost always they'd say, I see a little girl. And I'd say, okay, you know, what else do you see? And sometimes that was it. And they would do their thing. And I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. But the good ones would look at me and they would hold out their hand and they would say, she keeps trying to show me something. And I would say, what is it? 
and they would just move their hands and they'd be like, I don't know. It's like little colorful things, little colorful. And then, and they'd say, you know, like candies, little candies. And I would just laugh. And that was her, that was her tell to me when I would talk to psychics was that she would show them chocolate M&Ms in her hand. And that's how they would describe it. They would open their hand and they would say, she's showing me candy. She's showing me little, little colorful pieces. And so that was our tell. And so when I, when they said that, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. You know what you're talking about. It's a lesson also to uh, readers out there. Cause sometimes you see these signs and you think that doesn't make any sense. So you don't tell the person you're reading for what you're seeing. Cause he just, to you, it doesn't make any sense. Right. But to the person getting the reading, it may be exactly what they need to hear. Exactly. So other psychics, other psychics that you saw may have also have seen it, but didn't trust it. Right. That happens to me all the time. Anyway. Yes. And so that was kind of a tell that I had with her before she was born. What is your favorite crystal and why? I really like, I really like crystals, especially rose quartz, amethysts, and sapphires. They're pretty. I like how they feel and that the energy they have is strong. And I was not surprised when you were able to buy your first crystal and the first thing you bought was a rose quartz. Yep. That was not shocking. What is it about magic that you like and why do you practice magic? I like that you can see things other people can't and you can interact with them. I like using magic to help people who are in need. How do you use magic to help people? Well, you can send them energy. You can send them energy, yeah. What would be your favorite way to send someone energy? By sitting down and thinking about them. That's a good one. Just kind of meditating and, and thinking about them. What is your favorite magical movie? Halloween Town, because I love all the creatures, and I love this story, and how the daughter becomes a witch. Have you guys seen Halloween Town? I have not, but I need I to see it. Oh, my this gosh. Year all the crap I get. You have to watch. And Halloween Town was filmed in St. Helens. I know. We have to go there, but if they will actually ever let us out of our houses again, we're going to yeah, definitely go this year. Oh, we'll have to see if hopefully we can go this October. I took the kids a Let's couple of years ago. There. Let's record an episode there. We should. Oh, that was so cool. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. We had a good time. Um, I took the kids. I first I bought at the movie so they would know what the heck it was about. And we watched it and there's actually a sequel to it, which my daughter really likes. And we went to St. Helens and for the whole month of October, they recreate the town to look like how it did in Halloween town. And it's really fun. So anyone who lives in Oregon or nearby that can visit, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's worth it. I had a good time. Well, do you have any questions for us, Soleil? No, no, (laughs) we're just boring old women to you. Aren't we? (laughs) She's like, I'm done with you guys. Do you guys have any questions for her? What kind of energy should we all be raising right now? Good energy. Like what kind of good energy? Energy that can help people in a good way. Such as? I think that, I think that's fair. All right, good energy. That's all we need right now. Uh, She's nodding. Okay. She's like, Auntie Coco said it's okay. 
<laughs> I understand her. If you, let's see. Okay, so I have a question for you. For all the young witches out there, what do you think, if you could give them one piece of advice on becoming a witch, what do you think that might be? To know that you're going to experience stuff that other people can't experience and that you're going to encounter stuff that you might not want to encounter, but you're going to encounter it. And do you have any advice on how to or what would make them feel more comfortable when they encounter that? To talk to a person if you are able to talk to one and try to handle it in the best way possible that you can handle it. That's good advice. So try and talk to someone maybe that can help. Them. Yeah. Try and talk to someone that, you know, is a witch or works with magic to get some advice. Yep. That's a good, that's good advice. What's a good spell for little, little witchlets to do? Probably a relaxation spell because it really helps you relax and focus. What is your relaxation spell? Yeah, I was going to say, can you tell us how to do one? We got this one from a store, and for immediate stress relief, blow bubbles every three hours as needed. If symptoms continue, eat the chocolate to your heart's content. Hold the fairy glitter bottle to summon the fairies of inner peace and recite the spell three times. Then once you're done sprinkling a little bit of glitter as an offering to the fae, these words I whisper to command my heart. Shift my thoughts toward calm and peace. Fairies help me find a fresh new start. Within and without, I'm now at East bless, Blessed Be. And she will do that out on the patio while blowing bubbles and eating candy. That's excellent. And it was, really it was a spell that we bought at If the Broom Fits. And it was a custom spell uh, by Debbie, who is the owner of the store, and it was fantastic. And she has actually used this uh, quite a few times, and she really enjoys it. And I actually think that blowing bubbles is a great stress-relieving activity for people of all ages. Agreed. I love it. That's a great spell. I love that spell. So, Soleil, thank you so much for joining us this evening and being a part yeah, of your mother's you. crazy podcast. Did you enjoy yourself? Yes. Reasonable <laughs> <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Do you have any advice to any uh, little witches that might be nervous or scared about being a witch or learning about being a witch? That they shouldn't be nervous because they have their self or someone else to help them. Don't be nervous because they're not alone, huh? There's lots of us. It's true. There are lots of us. Thank you all for joining us on this special bonus episode of That Witch Life podcast. Uh, thank you for all of your messages and keep them coming. We love the messages. We love the questions. Uh, we love the topic suggestions. Uh, you can please reach out to us on, find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can visit our website. Uh, we will have the links to the books and whatnot that we referenced to the website, as well as a description of the spell that Soleil described for us. 
Um, please uh, check out our Etsy shop. We've got some fun cards in there. Uh, check out your local pagan stores. I know that a lot of them are trying to find ways to stay open at this time, and we really want to support them. And we just really appreciate you guys listening and kind of being a part of our world. And we love hearing that you guys are enjoying it, but we also want you to know that we really enjoy kind of having the distraction and doing it and reaching out to you all. So have a great week, everyone, and blessed be. Blessed be. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast. So mode it be. She's wearing her unicorn power pajamas, by the way. That, I'm jealous. Her pajamas are so much better than all of my pajamas. I feel like little kid pajamas are way better. They're, it's like wasted. It's like they're children. They don't appreciate how cool these jammies are. Why can't these be our jammies?